Welcome to Uncovering the Subconscious Podcast, where I will teach you how to manifest your dream life. My name is Dana, and join me as I travel the world, learning all about mindset and meeting new people that have a story to share. Hi friends, welcome to episode 46 of Uncovering the Subconscious Podcast. Super excited to have you guys back for another episode. This is a really, really great episode today because I have my friend Ava um, on for today's episode talking about how she found herself um, over the last few years uh, after going through traumatic experiences, found herself uh, both emotionally and sexually. Uh, it's a really, really interesting episode and I would 100% recommend anyone give it a listen. Uh, we cover a lot of different things, including she talks about her experience with vaginismus, uh, finding her sexuality and working through fear of intimacy. Uh, she also talks about her mindset and how she found herself through travel. Um, also her belief system. So this is a really great episode. So before we start the normal things, if you could give the podcast a rate, that would be amazing. At the top, after you've listened to three episodes, uh, you can rate it at the top on Spotify. Uh, also give my page a follow, Soul Traveler Full Stop Coach, TikTok and Instagram if you want to keep in, keep in the go with the podcast and also other travel tips and mindset spirituality tips. I do want to give a trigger warning as well as there is mention of sexual assault quite early in the episode. If this causes any emotional distress, uh, you can skip if you'd like, uh, do eight minutes and 30 seconds, and that will skip any of the talk of the sexual assault. Um, there's also a lot of mature content, so I wouldn't recommend it for any young listeners. Apart from that, uh, we can get into the episode, so enjoy. All right, so welcome Ava to the episode. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I know Ava from back in the day when I did exchange in Utrecht. Um, what, six, five, six years ago now? Six, it was 2017. Oh so God, time, time really goes quick. <laughs> it just disappears. Um, yeah, we were on a pub quiz committee and then I think the first time I met you was at your house when you cooked dinner. I just And I was the first one to arrive. That's probably true. No, the first time was at someone else's house. It was like right the Monday right after you returned from London. And then the week after it was at my house and I cooked dinner. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's right. God, it's been six years. Okay, we're old now. We can't, <laughs> we can't remember. I can remember that the day after I met you, we were really, really drunk. Yeah. At, and we went to this party and I kept calling you Danya. Oh my God, that's it. That's it. And then I think I said your name wrong once and you told me off. <laughs> you didn't have the courage to tell me off. No, I was like, okay, that's fine. Oh, everyone says my name wrong now. I just embrace it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so tell us a bit about yourself. Like, what do you do? What brought you here? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm, so, well, Dana calls me Eva, but my name is actually Evelina. I am from the Netherlands, um, which you can maybe hear from my accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am 27 years old. I work um, in PR and communication. I do a lot of photography. Um, in my spare time, I love, love, love uh, traveling, uh, but also knitting, <laughs> knitting Classic. and crocheting. Um, um, so yeah, that's me in like a nutshell. Nice. All right. So today's episode, um, what we're talking about, oh, we might be able to hear Flora in the background, uh, Ava's cat. Um, 
So today's episode is about kind of like sexuality and finding yourself in your sexuality. So the first question I have for you, um, because we kind of spoke about this a few weeks ago, about how five years, six years ago, when I first met you, you were at a much different place. So what struggles were you facing with your sexuality and yourself at that point? So back then, um, I, back then I was... I just came out of a very shitty relationship. So we even have to go a little bit further back. So when I was like, I just finished high school and I was sexually assaulted. Oh, this we maybe should have given a trigger warning before. But yeah, I was sexually assaulted, um, which uh, led to me being like very close off to um, the idea of having sex. Um, then I got in a relationship when I was in 19. Yeah, I was 19. I was like in my second year of my university studies. Um, and I I realized that I had like huge trauma. So I had to go into therapy. It, it just, it was a rough time. And then that relationship um, lasted for one and a half years. And that was just not a good one. Um, They didn't respect my boundaries. They didn't um, have respect for the fact that I I went through trauma, which was like that partner, he, he didn't really like push my boundaries but he also like didn't respect my boundaries so it was it was just a weird time so when i got out of that relationship um i felt like i could be myself again during the relationship i realized that i have faginismus or had i can we'll we'll talk about it later but right now i don't have it anymore um do you want to just describe like what that is and yeah, so veganismus is, um, so you have the muscle in your uh, pelvic floor. Um, when you have vegan, if I use weird words, that's because I don't know the English word for it. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, it's the muscle in your pelvic floor. Um, it just tightens um, uh, to the point where it's um, even difficult to put like a tampon in or a finger in. Um so having sex is is just very painful then Mm -hmm. um and when you really like try to relax sometimes it can like you can have sex so with my partner then sometimes if we would like really ease up to it like he would he would give me like um what's it called a massage and it would be really really careful then we could have like sex for two minutes and then it started to get painful but it was um yeah it was just tough and um and he he just didn't have the patience for it most most of the times so he just wouldn't want to try it or he was just rushing it which made it more painful um and then at the end of the relationship I started going to therapy for it like there was this psychologist meets um gynecologist is that the word Gy- gynecologist gynecologist, gynecologist. Yeah. um 
so that's like one person what <laughs> there was one person who was the um, uh, doing that um, and they really really helped me but it was too late to s well it's his opinion was that the relationship stopped because of the whole sex thing so it was too late definitely someone that didn't respect boundaries <laughs> yeah. it sounds like a bit of an arsehole if we're gonna be honest yeah so i'm happy that it all stopped yeah. so like when we when we met it was like half a year later and i made some changes in my life so yeah and I guess it's just, it was a big process for you. Like, I feel like you went through a lot in your changes. But like at that time after the relationship, did you find like inti intimacy was really hard? Like, did you struggle just like with, to connect with people in that way? So it's like the relationship, we broke up um, two minutes uh, before my birthday. So that was in the beginning of March. And halfway through April, I went on a holiday on my own. It was my first solo trip. And I distinctly remember telling myself, okay, it's time to choose myself now. It's time to first love myself before anyone else. Um, because I realized that in the relationship, I hung on to it for too long because it gave me so much. Mm -hmm. It gave me so much like love that I couldn't give myself. Even if it was in a twisted way, he gave me the kind of love that I needed. Well, I didn't need it, but I thought that I needed it. So when I, when we broke up, I was like, okay, first I'm gonna have to start loving myself before anything else. So I went on a solo trip and I met someone and he was from England and we were just talking all night through in the hostel. And he also broke up and he was also traveling to get over a relationship. Yeah. And we were just talking a lot about like, sex things like that and in my opinion it was just friendship but it turned out to be my next relationship <laughs> of course that's how it goes why not <laughs> yeah so we um and with him it was very easy but he taught me that sex is more than just um to say it very bluntly it's more than penis and vagina it's more than um the man having to orgasm mm -hmm. it's so he opened my eyes to like, there's a whole world that is very enjoyable, even if you can't have sex the like conservative way. Yeah. So that's so powerful as well. That's such a like powerful lesson to learn. And I feel like that everyone needs to go through at some point. Yeah. So it, it really opened my eyes. And even without the um, having the veganismus, I think a lot of people have to have to know this and have to learn this because I, my ex-partner didn't mm. respect that and he he just was like if we can't have like penetrational sex then it's not worth anything where i am now still mostly enjoying the sex that is without the penetration so yeah exactly. um was there other any other like big changing points in finding yourself sexually and finding um just finding that connection well for me like it's not even about finding myself sexually it was just finding myself and opening up to more people so i that's how i met you actually i after i had that little fling with the um, the british guy we stopped seeing each other because the distance was too hard so mm -hmm. after like th three to four months 
we stopped the relationship because it was too painful. But then I realized like I I love having interaction with people that are not Dutch. Yeah. People are so much more open if they are having a travel mind. Like they want to explore, they want to meet people, they just want to talk to people. So that's how I signed up for ESN, the, uh, the student network for international students. Um, and I did that in Utrecht, that's where I lived, that's where you lived uh, back then. Um, and that's how we met. But that's that's a place for me where I met so many interesting people, so many people that I, that I could just talk with, hang out with. It was like part of me finding myself too, like who am I? What do I like? What don't I like? We went out pretty much every Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday night Puma nights. We were like so drunk every Tuesday. And that's when I learned how to pick up people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Um, and that was also very eye-opening to me. Like that someone with veganismus can, can do those things and can still enjoy those kind of things because I was in those Facebook groups of like other people with veganismus and it was also it was all very um, depressing and it was there were no fun stories it was all like oh my partner tried this and it hurt or oh I can't do this and it it broke me and my ex-partner up because we didn't see eye to eye on things and so for me it was very eye-opening to actually live another experience like be so okay with myself and the situation that that I could do those things which usually led to me when we were we're in Anellas we cycle home after (laughs) after going out so during like the cycle back home I would tell them like hey by the way I have veganismus and they would be like what does that mean What does that mean? It's not that commonly... No, I feel like it's changed a little bit. A lot more people know what it is now. Mm. But even still, like a lot of people don't know what that is. Yeah, and now a lot of people, when they do know, they think that it just... um, Your vagina is too small. Mm. But it's actually, it's just the muscle that is too tense. Mm. So you can teach your muscle to relax. Some people can. Some people, it's just a blockage and it's just too hard to do that. So it... Like I know and I realize that I am very lucky to be in the position where I am now that I can, I learned how to relax and I can have sex now without any pain. But it, it took me a while to get there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what tips would you give someone who is currently struggling in intimacy or in finding themselves? I would say focus on yourself like focus on not on how other people will perceive it because i didn't i told them on the way home like hey i have veganismus if you still want to have sex fine but there's like certain things that i can't do or that hurt too much um and usually they were okay with that usually they were like respecting it and if they didn't then okay bye like i don't need you in my life (laughs) it's just a one-night thing so i don't really care um so focus on Loving yourself first, I think it, as cheesy as it sounds, it, it is what helped me a lot because once I was okay in my own body and okay with who I am, uh, what I stand for, that was the point where I started not giving a shit about 
if it would work out sexually. Yeah, that that's so powerful. I love that. So it's just like owning be like what I was talking about in like last week's episode and um on my TikTok, like about owning your own truth and making your own truth. Yeah. All right. So how about now? Like where are you now in your journey? So I am now I'm now in a relationship. Um and out of respect for my partner, I don't wanna name his name or um and i also don't out of respect for him i don't want to open up too much about this but let's just say that it doesn't hurt anymore (laughs) (laughs) i'm able to relax he is like very very respectful um and that's it's just a very healthy relationship which is um which was challenging at the beginning because i wasn't used to a um a healthy relationship i was in a bad relationship for like one and a half years so it was finding out how to love someone in a non-toxic way. Mm. Um, and that was hard. And not, even not being attached to that toxicness. Because sometimes like, people see that toxicness as the thrill in a relationship mm. that they need. Yeah, so that was... At the beginning, it was hard. It was very hard to... Um, not... It, I, it was easy to accept it, but it, it was hard in my mind to switch to, oh, this is what it can be and realize how toxic the past relationship was. So, yeah, it took me a while to ex- not to, to accept the fact that it was even worse than I already thought. Um, but I'm so happy now yeah. with my current partner. I, I just remember six years ago, like having conversations with you and you just being very like closed off to the idea of sex, which is totally understandable. And the huge change I saw when I like came back recently and you were just like, right, story time, story time, this, this, this. And I'm like, damn girl, like what? When? How? Like, it was just amazing to see how confident mm-hmm. you got in yourself and how open and just just incredible it was just incredible hearing how you open you were talking about it and how much you owned it and it was your own truth and yeah and that's also because back then i was reading all those sad stories and i thought oh this is my future i'm gonna i'm gonna have to live in a world where i don't i can't have sex or it will always be painful um so i was very like close off to the idea of that. But then I think the British guy, he really, really helped me realize that it doesn't have to be that way. And it's not that he like, he is my savior. I don't want to give him that name because he turned out to be a douchebag. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for another time. (laughs) Um, But um, sorry for swearing, by the way. But, um, I wouldn't class that as a swear word anyway. Okay. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, he sometimes you just need someone like or a conversation to help you realize that yeah. some that the way you look at things can be changed. Yeah, and that's why I believe like even the hard lessons, the hard people that don't end up working out, they were there for a reason. Like, so he was there. So to kind of teach you that you could still enjoy being intimate with someone. And you could find it, but in your own way. Like, yes, he was a douchebag in the end, and whatever. Forget about him. <laughs> but he was there when you needed him to be there to for your lesson in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I am very grateful for blah, grateful for that that happened. Yeah. Not for him, but well, <laughs> but I am for what all happened. I like that. Grateful <laughs> that it happened, but not grateful for him. It's your grateful for yourself. Like yeah, it's so big. All right. So what do you? What's something you do daily that? helps with your confidence or weekly or something that you do that helps you with your confidence so first of all i started deleting all the instagram accounts that didn't bring me joy or that started questioning myself i did this at the beginning of um, the first lockdown i was taking so much time going through instagram because i was so bored (laughs) But then I realized like it's th- it's not giving me joy. It's not giving me the representation of bodies that I want to see. And mm. they were all like people criticizing their own body, even though they looked very normal, very beautiful mm-hmm. um, and still saying like, I am not thin enough. So I stopped. I stopped following those people, started following more body positivity people, um, started uh, following some. Um, Instagram accounts who are open about sex and sexuality. Um, I started talking a lot more. To, like I, my housemate slash one of my best friends, we can talk about anything. We can, we we don't even have to be drunk, and we have like the best conversations <laughs> about. Um, our sexual experiences uh, what we did like what we didn't like it's so eye-opening to just have a friend that you can talk about those things with um, and we just you you give each other ideas right so you can um, you hear someone say like oh my favorite position is this weird where I have my (laughs) leg bent in this but and then you're (laughs) and then it can give you ideas so I like talking about sex I like talking about things like and I I can still do that with having respect for my partner Mm -hmm. like I I will not say um oh yesterday I did this and he did this and he did or didn't like on a podcast um but I can still like talk about it in private with my mm-hmm. with my group of small group of friends and everybody's exactly. sh- sharing their story. Um, and I think that's necessary. Like sometimes you just need to talk about those things and m- realize that it's normal to. For sure, it helps you it helps you learn, it helps you grow. Yeah, exactly. So that that's giving me a lot of confidence. Um, and yeah, just the traveling. So going out there on my own, realizing that I am capable of finding finding the way and finding new people abroad when I'm all alone in like a hostel and Mm -hmm. making new friends within two minutes like that's giving me a lot of confidence too so and that brings us to the next part we're going to talk about anyway (laughs) which is about your travel so have well you've kind of already covered this like have you found traveling to help you find yourself um Mm. anything else you want to comment on it well it's so travel has brought me a lot but also it just brought me a self a lot of self-knowledge so i started traveling when i was really young um when i was i think 13 i did this exchange with uh, um, a Polish school so I was already like on my own in Poland it was with a bunch of people 
from school, but I didn't know them well. So it felt like it was like an adventure on your own and you made a lot of friends and it was very exciting. And then when I was um, 18, I went on my own to Cambodia and it was with a group of Dutch people. So I was able to talk with them, but I didn't bond with them. So Mm -hmm. I felt so lonely and it brought me like a lot of self-loathing and I I was at my lowest then. That's the thing about travel, like it's amazing and it's eye-opening, but it's hard as well. (laughs) It can be so hard. The first time I, my first day in Utrecht, I sat and cried in my room because I was so lonely. Like it's, it's part of it. It's the learning, like. Exactly. So that, it, it brought me the insight that it doesn't all have to be good and it doesn't all have to be like rainbows and flower fields and sun and unicorns like there's more to travel than only the happy things and yet I still decided to do it on my own and yet I still decided to be an out pair for a few week, a few weeks for a few months um when I was like when I was 20 I think I was in that bad relationship and I just desperately <laughs> needed a way out of Utrecht <laughs> so I so I decided to be um, an au pair for a few months in London actually um, so yeah that's that's how travel helped me and was there any other lessons that you learned while you were traveling hmm it's just be open yeah. like don't judge don't like you it's natural to assume things and to oh, have like um, it's natural to um, have presumptions on based on people's looks of ba- or based mm-hmm. based on people's um, cultures or stuff like that but like still be open and try to challenge those assumptions I like my biggest pet peeve is if people make an assumption and don't check it like they mm. they have an opinion based on an assumption that is just not true that's ah it it winds me up i really like that actually because it's quite natural like we're, being, we're in a society that is quite natural to have that judgment and it's so it's not judging yourself for having that judgment you should judge yourself if you're not willing to test that judgment yeah and prove yourself wrong like i like that that's really powerful same goes for people i really cannot stand people that say no 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 no. i don't like to eat that and i'm like have you ever tasted it and they say no <laughs> and i'm like how do you know that you don't like it if you've never tasted tried it like the same goes for assumptions like don't judge someone like don't judge a book on its cover right don't um don't assume that someone is a certain way if you haven't even spoken to them or Mm -hmm. asked them like hey what what's going on or hey is it right like yeah that's the whole i try to challenge my own assumptions all the time that's great it's powerful um, going more into like mindset and belief now. So how would you describe your belief system? This is something I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast because it's very, I feel like a lot of people are struggling where they're at in their belief systems. So hearing different, how you can have such a range of different beliefs is really powerful. So what's yours? So I was raised Catholic. So the funny thing is that I was listening to your podcast with Max uh, which oh, you... Yeah, sad note. So Max, um, Ava is the friend that introduced Max, who was on podcast, oh, God knows what number, um, a few months ago. 
Ava was the friend that introduced me to Max. So yeah, so he's um, he's a common friend, um, and I was listening to that, and he his story was pretty similar to mine. <laughs> like I am raised Catholic, and there's so I will I, I will tell my story now, but. Um, I'm raised Catholic. My parents, my especially my father, he goes to the church every week. Um, also because it's like a big part of his, his like social community. He loves going there. He loves meeting the people. Um, he is chairman of the board for the church. So he is just, he loves going there. Um, my mom uh, goes with him every now and then when whenever she feels like. Um, I was raised going to church like every three weeks, I think. We didn't go every week. Um, what I do like about the church, th like there's a, a bunch of things that I don't like. Um, but what I do like about the church that I go to is that they, um, they take a biblical story and they translate it to the here and now. So they tell you like, hey, uh, how to say <laughs> um, I'm thinking of an easy one Jesus walked on water um, no not Jesus he made another person walk on water he was like you can walk on water but once you turn your head and start doubting yourself you'll fall through the water manifestation <laughs> exactly so and then they um, in my church they say they tell you like how you can apply this to your own life right now like they they don't assume that someone could actually walk on water. I don't I don't understand. I don't believe <laughs> that like someone risen from the dead because like I don't believe in that yeah. part. But I I believe in the symbolism and the lessons that you can take from it. And there's a bunch of um, rituals that I really like. So um, a few weeks ago it was Easter. My favorite um, ceremony of the year is on Easter Friday. That's when Jesus ha is hang up on his cross. Is that the right wording? He's crucified. Um, and he, um, we, in our church, we have this uh, ceremony where we um, memorize, uh, no, not memorize. Um, it's like a memorial service. Mm -hmm. But then they put a cross in front of the church. So they first tell his story, like he, had to carry his cross and la 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 la, but then they put a cross in front of the church and it made it's made of like those school board um, stuff that you can write things on with mm, like chalkboard. yeah it's a chalkboard, um, so you can go to the front of the church you take a chalk thingy and you write names on the um, on the cross of people that you miss people that you mourn about people that mm -hmm. so instead of mourning the loss of Jesus it it becomes like this. More, place more special like yeah that. it becomes this place where a lot of people are yeah th thinking about everybody that they are mourning about and it's so powerful like the the unified sadness also gives you a lot of um what's it called comfort yeah so i love going to that ceremony and then of course christmas but other than that, I don't go to the church because I just, I don't think I need it anymore. But when I was a little bit younger, I loved going there and just being reminded about how can I be a, 
a better person. Yeah, I remember you saying when listening to Max's one, it's like the morals. Yeah. It like gives you a set of morals to live by. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not that I, so what I said, it's not that I believe everything that's in the, um, in the Bible. I once told my dad that I thought the Bible was this one fairy tale, big one fairy tale book, and he got really, really angry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, but fairy tales also have a moral. Like yeah, they, they tell I think a story. It's symbolism. It's symbolism. It's like yeah. giving you something to relate to, but it's doing it in a different way. So it's like when when you're saying someone's walking on water, it's more interesting than saying like someone like faced a struggle. Like you catch people's attention so that they, they listen mm-hmm. so that they can relate to it. It's really clever, actually. Like, yeah, actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's that's how, uh, the way I like to look at it. Yeah. So that's um, where I'm coming from. Yeah, that's great. Is there any like big mindset lessons that you had in your belief systems that like something a bit, or a particular point in time where you your belief system like really developed? I think it was during high school because we were in high school we were um following this class. We we all had to take this class and it was about all kinds of religions from all over the world and Next to that, I had um, Greek. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> I did Greek uh, for a gr- uh, Greek lessons for two years. So I had to learn um, about all the Greek mythology mm-hmm. in combination with all the other religion religions. I realized like there the common ground is where people tell stories as a symbol or like the symbolism. To tell morals and stuff like yeah. that and for me that was like a point where I realized oh this is another way to look at it and it's not as literal as it like some churches like my grandparents church is very literal yeah so and I don't like that um, and in my church they aren't so that's uh, I like that part um, but I love reading Greek mythology and reading like how did they back in the days bring those stories and try to explain the world through um, myths but for me the bible is exactly the same yeah such it's such a fascinating way of looking at it um anyway so that brings us to the end of the episode so (laughs) thanks so much ava for coming on um first of all before we finish up where can people find you like you've got a photography page is there any other pages where people can follow you yeah, so I I have three pages. Amazing. <laughs> I have my personal one, um, but I also have my um, uh, I have one where I, I I try to read a book per week. Now I that I have a relationship that went a little bit to the background, so I'm trying to pick that back up now. Like, um, so I have a page. It's called Read by Evelina. Read down. Like, what's it called? The down. Oh, I'll include. Yeah. It in. Um, so that's where I give my book reviews my photography page you can include it and then my personal one so choose whatever Um, but side note I am in my personal one very feministic so my stories are like love it (laughs) there's a lot of rage about like random quotes on television Um, yeah and then of course as always we do before we end the episode especially when we have another soul traveler on here um tell us one of your most funny interesting inspiring any anything like travel story 
So there's one that I'm not allowed to tell because Dana claimed I want to save it, but then if you really can't think of anything, I'll let you have it. <laughs> no, when you say inspiring, so I think the story that I like to tell, it's not like a very... Um, it's not a very funny story, but when I was in London, I met this uh, woman, Sissy, and we just, we connected through an app. So um, it was this, the app called Excuses to Meet. I don't think it exists anymore, but you could you could put in like your interests and then say, I want to meet people within like one kilometer or two um, from where I am. Um, with the same interest. So we matched on the interest going to the film. And I read this book, Me Before You. And um, Sissy sent me a message saying like, hey, I want to go to this film, Me Before You. Do you want to come with me? It's a sign. <laughs> yeah, so, and I really wanted to go there and I couldn't find anyone. So I was like, yeah, sure. And a cinema is a very open space. So I decided let's just do it. If she's a catfish, I'm, I'm in a... I'm in a very safe mm -hmm. area to do that. Well, she didn't, she turned out not to be a catfish. Um, she turned out to be one of my greatest friends still. It's like seven years later, I went to her wedding. I was like in her uh, wedding party. Um, I'm going to see her next, uh, no, not next month, but in like two months. Um, she was here last year for King's Day. Like we see each other regularly. And now it's King's Day, take two with the, yeah. next, with the next international. Yeah, we are recording this on, on King's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm showing Dana King's Day today. Though. I'm watching all of like Sissy's old photos and like mm -hmm. seeing how good a time she had. So yeah, so it's, it's not really um, um, that much of a funny travel story, but it's a wholesome one yeah, where I like it. Where travel can bring you in the weirdest ways. It can bring yeah. you friendship for a life. I'm sure that it'll be a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also, do you have any final words to add? A final word. Yeah. Final words. Maybe not just one. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. No. <laughs> no. Um, I would say just. Yeah, what I said, as cheesy as it sounds, just love yourself. Love yourself first and foremost. My, this is another, sorry, I'll start talking again. My friend, um, her parents got married and they have, um, they had one song at their wedding and it was called Be My Number Two. I love that. Because <laughs> you have to be your number one first yourself and then you can have your partner be the number two. I loved, I love that so oh, that's yeah that's great so final words one more time be your own number one <laughs> Thank you.